President Trump is beating Joe Biden for the first time in a major poll. This coming out from Rasmussen. Rasmussen does uh, weekly surveys, found out that President Trump is now getting 47% of the respondents' support compared to Joe Biden at just 46%. And President Trump's approval rating among respondents has surged to the highest level uh, this year. Additionally, on top of that, according to the Washington Examiner, uh, that approval rating is at 52%. Why is it? Because you can only ignore the president's competence for so long. You can only ignore the Democrats' incompetence for so long. This is making headway, not just among more voters than Biden's voters, not just among a slim majority of Americans. This is making inroads, most notably among groups that the Democrats have taken for granted. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from yesterday is from Frosted Ice Pharaoh. It says, yesterday, Trump was questioned about not being presidential. If he was presidential, he would not be making Middle East peace deals. <laughs> That's true. If you really want to be presidential, then you've got to just start a whole bunch of wars in the Middle East. Why? I don't know. We can probably tell you why. But this is a big divide. And actually, it's on this issue of Middle East peace that the competence of Trump and the incompetence of the Democrats is really clear because there, there have been a lot of promises made by top Democratic establishment politicians, and Trump just proved them all wrong. We'll get to that in one second. First, got to thank our friends over at Ring. Speaking of security, speaking of how to stay safe. Uh, I love Ring, especially when I'm traveling all around because it gives me peace of mind. It makes me, one, feel like I'm living in the future because I can check in on my home anywhere, whether I'm in the office, whether I'm on a beach somewhere, whether I'm on an airplane, you can check in on your home. It makes you feel safe, makes you feel secure in your home. And most importantly, when I give this out as a housewarming gift to friends, it's inexpensive. So I seem like I'm giving a very expensive gift, even though you don't have to shell out a ton of money. You can do it all with this one simple app with Ring. You can keep an eye on your home no matter where you are. You can get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit right now at ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Go do it. In the olden times, there used to be neighborhood watch. There used to be these super duper expensive, intricate uh, security systems. Now we have Ring. This is wonderful. Sometimes technology really works for us. It comes with Ring's Video Doorbell 3 and Chime Pro, the perfect way to start your Ring experience. Plus, you get two-day free shipping. Go to ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Do it right now. Feel safe and secure. Ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Not just that President Trump is making inroads, you know, among the small majority of the electorate or, you know, more voters than Biden. He, he's doing well with groups that the Democrats have typically relied on, groups, identity groups that Democrats usually take for granted. Most notably in recent days, among gay guys. Yes, that's right. The homosexual population of the, of the electorate tends to be taken for granted by the Democrats. And yet, according to polling from a queer dating app, right now it looks as though 45% of queer American men, now don't cancel me for saying that, that's their word. I don't know what word I'm supposed to use. They change the words every day. But 45% of queer American men are backing President Donald Trump. And this is considered a very queer fact because Democrats always believe that they're supposed to get 100% of the gay guys. The app is called Hornet. 
and uh, uh, 45% of them are going to vote. Uh, this is a, a, a 1,200 queer American male respondents say they're going to vote for Trump. Uh, how did they get to this? 10,000 men were surveyed by the app. 12% identified as U.S. citizens. 51% said they'd be voting, of those men said they'd be voting for Biden and 45% for Trump. So it's very, very close, even among gay men. And by the way, these are just the gay men who are on these apps. Presumably the more bourgeois, staid, you know, calm gay men who are not on these apps, presumably they're even more conservative than all that. So why? Why is it? Why is President Trump gaining momentum? He's gaining momentum because Joe Biden is wrong about everything and his views are unpopular. Simple as that, right? Because he's gotten things wrong with one or two exceptions for 50 years, a huge political career. And his views that even if they were at one time popular are no longer popular. One example of this, just one simple example, but it's a central one right now, is China. China has not only destroyed the global economy because of the pandemic that they lied about, but China also has helped to destroy the American economy by stealing our jobs. And they did, they, you can't even say that they stole the jobs because a lot of American politicians in both parties decided to outsource them. This was considered to be a wonderful thing because GDP might tick up a little bit. And who cares if whole towns of people are going to die of opioid overdoses and suicides? That's not a big deal because at least we can get slightly cheaper consumer goods. The view that was held by the Democratic Party and by, I guess what you would call establishment Republicans, the total unfettered free trader Republicans, was this is a good thing. A rising China is good for everybody. Yeah, they might poison the whole world with a plague and shut down the entire economy. But, you know, generally speaking, it's a good thing. And this was the view explicitly held by Joe Biden. There was a debate here in the United States and quite frankly throughout most of the West is whether a rising China was in the interest of the United States and the wider world. As a young member of the Foreign Relations Committee, I wrote and I said, and I believe then what I believe now, that a rising China is a positive, positive development, not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. Unambiguous. I know that that clip wasn't so long ago, but I know it's a little jarring to hear Joe Biden speak clearly. So odd how his childhood stutter that we've heard so much about in this election campaign obviously wasn't there in the clip because even just a few years ago, Joe Biden was much more with it than he is today. He was with it. He was just wrong about everything, notably about China. But we can clearly see what his views were. He's wrong about other very popular issues, charter schools, charter schools, school choice, uh, give students, particularly underprivileged students, particularly racial minority students, particularly students in the inner cities, basically Charter schools give them their only chance to get a better life, to break out of cycles of poverty and misfortune. And Joe Biden and the Democratic establishment opposes it. Why does Joe Biden oppose school choice? I sat down yesterday with Education Secretary Betsy DeVos and Senator Cruz for our show Verdict. We talked a lot about this issue. That will be coming out very soon. But the long long and short of it is Democrats oppose school choice because they're bought off by the teachers unions and the teachers unions don't want that because it threatens their job. Even if they're very poor teachers, even if the students are failing, even if the schools are completely underperforming, uh, the teachers unions still want to get theirs. So they've made this unholy alliance with the democratic party. Joe Biden puts it in no uncertain terms. He does not want poor kids. He does not want kids in bad school districts to be able to get a good education. I will not, there will not be no federal dollars. I'm not Betsy DeVos, nor will my uh, 
my sector of education being anything like her in terms of her attitudes about public schools. No privately funded charter school would receive, or private charter school would receive a penny of federal money. None. And any charter school that in fact is worthy of being able to be in education would have to be accountable to the same exact school boards, the same exact mechanisms that the public school is accountable to. Across the board, there has to be transparency. And a lot of these charter schools are significantly underperforming, significantly. I can see where you can have a school, for example, a specialty school on the, on the arts or, uh, or for music or for, but if you're gonna have a charter school, it cannot come at the expense of the public school. So everything he's saying is just complete nonsense. It doesn't make, it doesn't mean anything. He's saying that the charter schools are underperforming. That's simply not true. Just, just the example of last year, New York City, which is a very important place for charter schools, the students in public schools underperformed the students in the charter schools and, and pretty significantly. And we're talking about public dollars and private dollars. A lot of these schools were started with private dollars. And then you've got programs that can transfer some public money. They're going to the failing schools and get those students to go to the decent schools. In New York, you got tens of thousands of students on that wait list for charter schools. Why? Because of course, everyone wants to get into the good schools. And what's the rub here? Public schools could lose a billion dollars if those students transferred. So a lot of money on the line. Joe Biden took that side. But across the aisle, including groups that Democrats take for, for granted, uh, charter school is very popular. It's even beyond Biden. Don't forget, Biden is nobody. Biden is an empty suit. He blows around in the wind. Now he probably doesn't even know which way the wind is blowing. He is a symbol of the Democratic establishment. Yesterday, he forgot who was at the top of the ticket. He referred to the Harris-Biden ticket as though Kamala Harris were going to be the president. Joe Biden's going to be the vice president. He's just a vessel for, for Democratic policies. How are those policies playing out? Very poorly. We saw two days ago an historic peace deal in D.C. I was sitting directly across the street from the White House when that was signed. I was in the hotel with the Israeli and the Bahraini delegation. It was pretty weird, man. We've been told that Middle East peace is a pipe dream. Now we're looking at peace deals, not just with Israel and Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, but it could include as many as nine additional nations, including Saudi Arabia, who's the big dog in the region. And why did this happen? Because Donald Trump bucked the establishment foreign policy trend, specifically the Democratic foreign policy establishment trend, even though the last Democratic Secretary of State, John Kerry, told us that kind of a peace deal, a peace deal that dealt with the Arab nations before dealing with the so-called Palestinian state. It's not a state, but the, the Palestinian issue in Israel. The, John Kerry said that would be absolutely impossible until it was possible. There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 and no. I can tell you that reaffirmed even in the last week as I have talked to leaders of the Arab community. There will be no advance and separate peace with the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. That is a hard reality. 
I love how these democratic politicians who are 100% wrong on these issues, Joe Biden on China, John Kerry on the Middle East, make themselves so clear so that we can just go back and see how wrong they were in John Kerry's best Thurston Howell, the third voice. He goes, let me tell you something, Teresa. Let me tell you something, lovies. You will not get any Middle East peace. You will not. I promise you. I stake all of my money on the line. Oh, what was that? You said, well, hold on. He, he, oh, he got a middle. Uh Oh, uh oh, uh oh. Very bad news for Democrats because they've been wrong now explicitly for a very long time on important security measures. Speaking of security measures, you got to get LifeLock. <laughs> How's that for a segue? LifeLock, you've got to protect yourself when you are on the internet. I know you don't think about it. I didn't used to think about it very much. You open up your computer, you open up your phone, you say, oh, it doesn't matter. Who's trying to get my data? You are wide open. You are vulnerable to bad actors. Since the start of this pandemic, there have been a 300% increase in cybercrime activity. Hackers are becoming more sophisticated in taking advantage of teleconference accounts. They are then using those to pawn information like your emails, like your passwords. It, obviously, you, you, when the lockdown happened and we all start going on the internet for work, for school, the hackers started going on the internet more too. <laughs> they know where you are and they realize that you're now much more vulnerable. You could miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. Good thing there is LifeLock, which detects a wide range of identity threats, including your social security number for sale on the dark web. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, obviously, but you can find out if your information is on the dark web. You can find it out right now for free. You can get a free dark web scam at lifelock.com slash then you pick the plan that's right for you. You save up to 25% off your first year with promo code Knowles. That is a free scan, totally free. Go do it right now. Lifelock.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, and 25% off with promo code Knowles. A little prevention is worth a pound of cure. I really trust these guys. Head on over there right now. So they get this stuff totally wrong on the Democratic side of the aisle. What does the press do? They ignore it. I mean, specifically on this issue, John Kerry, Obama's secretary of state says, it is not possible to get this Middle East peace deal. Trump does it in his first term. That was at the end of the second Obama term that Kerry said that Trump gets it within the first term. Do the press ask questions about that? No, because they don't want to cover it. They just want to downplay it. And thankfully, our wonderful press secretary, be still my beating heart, Kayleigh McEnany comes out and right as she's about to leave the stage, she rips him for it. What I will weigh into is the Middle East peel, um, the Middle East peace deal signed yesterday that I did not receive a single question about. That was the first time it's happened in a quarter of a century. If Obama and Biden had achieved this, um, there would, lo would look a lot different. Uh, you wouldn't have Chuck Todd saying he's uncomfortable with the deal that brings peace between the United Arab Emirates and Israel in Bahrain. Um, you wouldn't have C CBS calling it, quote, a business deal. And you wouldn't have Nancy Pelosi calling it a distraction. Uh, maybe it's a distraction from her visits to the hair salon, but those were significant agreements. First time in a quarter of a century, three peace deals in 29 days. Took 26 years uh, for the prior two peace deals. So this, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize nomination for the president, two of them, um, very well deserved. Thank you. Kaylee, if he's a law and order president, why does he keep breaking the law? Kaylee, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop hurting me, Kaylee. I can't take it. I love how she does this because it's not just that she goes out and smacks the press. She lures them in. She does this whole press conference. She's waiting for them. 
just okay. I know she knew that they're not going to ask any question about this historic peace deal. This peace deal that, that Trump brokered, that was the first normalization of relationships between Israel and an Arab nation in 26 years. Last time was 94. The time before that was 78. You'd think it'd be big news, right? They won't ask. So she waits. And then the very last point, she goes, okay. And before I leave, uh, you all are a bunch of total hacks. You won't cover this because you're nothing but democratic propagandists. Okay. Good night. See ya. And then what? The best they can muster is, Kaylee, he's mean. I don't like the orange man. So the left has to ignore these big news stories, ignore how wrong their politicians have been, how shockingly correct Trump has been. But then they've got to go a little further than that. They've got to censor him. So Facebook right now, Facebook, which is just another aspect of this liberal establishment, Facebook censors a, it's not a Trump campaign ad, but it's an ad affiliated with the Trump election. It's a a pro-Trump ad, an anti-Biden ad about how Joe Biden is going to raise your taxes. Joe Biden has been promising explicitly throughout this campaign that he will raise your taxes. He's bragged about this. We have him on videotape talking about this. So this anti-Biden ad goes out, just puts Joe Biden's own words on the air and Facebook censors it because they say that it's misleading. Take a listen. Sometimes politicians accidentally tell the truth. Guess what? If you elect me, I'm not going to have you. Your taxes are going to be raised, not cut. And it's true. The New York Times says Biden's tax increases are more than double Hillary Clinton's plan. Even the Tax Policy Center admits taxes would increase on all income groups. If you elect me, I'm not going to have you. Your taxes are going to be raised, not cut. Big tax increases crushing our recovery. It could go higher. America First Action is responsible for the content of this advertising. So that is absolutely not permitted on Facebook because then we'd have to listen to what Joe Biden's actually saying. And that would be even less popular than the the current propaganda around Joe Biden. So that's got to be censored. Now, do you remember, do you remember, uh, this was just a couple of weeks ago, Joe Biden ran an ad that said that Donald Trump called neo-Nazis very fine people at Charlottesville. Now we know that isn't true. We've played the clip many times. We've read the transcript many times. He didn't do it. He explicitly said, I'm not talking about neo-Nazis and white supremacists who should be condemned totally. Joe Biden launched his campaign on this lie. It was the very first thing in the very first ad that Joe Biden ran on. And he's been running on it uh, throughout the campaign. Another lie that he's been running on is that Donald Trump hates the soldiers and he, he's been deriding uh, dead soldiers, f- fallen heroes overseas. This is based on nothing. It's based on an Atlantic report from four anonymous sources that was then quote unquote confirmed by an anonymous source, but you can't confirm a report with an anonymous source. Countering that, we have 21 people on the record saying it didn't happen. That ad, perfectly fine on social media, because that ad hits Donald Trump based on lies, based on nothing. That one's okay, but a video simply playing Joe Biden's own words gets censored. We're not even in November yet. We're not even in October yet. This is only going to get much, much worse. The Democrats' only chance at this point, with all the momentum going for Trump, even after they killed the economy with this stupid lockdown, even with all of that, Trump still has the momentum in his favor. So what are they going to do? They're going to try to steal the election. We're already seeing a lot of evidence and fraud. Yet again, 
in New Jersey. We will get to that in one second. First, got to thank our friends over at Raycon. I highly recommend wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon's newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, a more compact design, a noise-isolating fit, Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet. No dangling wires, no stems, like some others. You know, I was uh, given a pair of uh, another kind of wireless earbud, and you know, I tried it around, tried it around for a little bit of time, and it's it not as good. It, it, uh, I, I won't get into exactly why. I don't look. I don't want to make this some kind of uh, you know comparison contest here. But all I'm telling you is, you can't beat Raycon. They have a 45-day free return policy. So you can make sure that they are the pair of wireless earbuds for you. Okay. They totally stand behind the product. I do too. For a limited time, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Knowles, buyraycon.com slash Knowles for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. Then make sure to check it out while this deal is running. Buyraycon.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. County officials in New Jersey, have uh, tallied up more than 1,600 uncounted ballots from the state's July primary after finding them in some mislabeled bin last Thursday. That's so weird. Ah, gosh, what are the odds that you'd lose 1,600 ballots for a state primary? It's just in a bin. It's in the wrong bin. Hmm? It was in a secure area, though, in the county election office, according to the New Jersey Herald. And listen, they're not going to change the results of the July 7th primary race. The Board of Elections is confident that all ballots received have been processed and the security of all ballots has remained in place. Now, we know that in New Jersey just this year, we found out there was a huge voter fraud scheme, another voter fraud scheme to steal an election. We know now that in my own town, or my town for right now, Los Angeles, when you get a mail-in ballot, your party identification is on the outside of the envelope. Isn't that a little weird? What happened to our secret ballot? Why is that party identification on the outside of the envelope? Do you think that some of those ballots might end up mislabeled in a bin somewhere? Yeah, probably. Sometimes the left says that there's no evidence of widespread mail-in voter fraud. The reason that that that's sort of true, it's sort of not true, the reason it's even plausibly true is we don't have widespread mail-in ballots yet. We've never had them before until this year when the left pushed them. We can point to lots and lots of examples of voter fraud, specifically with mail-in. We have an election day for a reason. We have ballot security for a reason. We try to have voter ID for a reason. The Democrats oppose that because they want people who should not be allowed to vote to vote so that they can steal elections because they can't win elections because they have very bad and unpopular ideas. So they are out now trying, they're trying to steal it through censorship. They're trying to steal it through journalistic neglect. And now they're trying to steal it at the ballot box as well, which brings me to a video that I really enjoyed seeing from a Target. And this is a Target uh, uh, shopping center, not like a Target, like pew pew. This scene that came from Target gave me a lot of hope. I know some conservatives are reacting to it in a negative way, but I think they're missing the point here. There was a flash mob that showed up to a target. They walked in, they put on a little bit of music. Then they took all their masks off and started shopping. It was a big stunt to say, hey, everybody take these, these muzzles off of your face. And I'm not saying that we should always flout rules and regulations, but sometimes we most certainly should. Take a listen. All right, hit it. 
Here they are. We got some cameras out. Got some phones out. Got a MAGA hat right there. All with their masks, and then they take them off. All right, now they're doing this outrageous act of shopping. If they were Democrats, they would be looting, but they're not looting. They're Republicans, so they're shopping. And this is considered dangerous, terrible, violent against the public health. All of the looting and rioting that we've seen for the last six months by Democrats, that was peaceful, mostly peaceful, fiery but peaceful. But this is these Republicans of all shapes and sizes, all shades, everybody. They're considered a threat because they're happily taking muzzles off of their face. There are some conservatives who say, we must respect the rule of law. We must respect all of these rules. First of all, I don't think that a lot of these mask mandates necessarily qualify as the rule of law. I don't think a lot of these lockdowns necessarily qualify as the rule of law or, uncon or, or constitutional even. What we're looking at right now is a situation where the left is not playing by the rules that they want us to play by. And when you want rule of law, when you want order in, in a country, you all need to play by the rules. If half of the country with most of the political power is not playing by those rules, then you certainly should not play by those rules. And when we're getting into these issues of muzzling yourself wherever you go or of not being able to go to church, for goodness sakes, now you're in an area where a little bit of orderly, clever, humorous resistance is, is not only permissible, but it's absolutely called for. Something has gone really, really wrong with the left establishment, the Democrats, the media, tech, all of this, in this country, when prominent Hollywood leftists even are admitting that something's gone wrong. Judd Apatow, no conservative, no rock-ribbed Republican, no Trumper, has come out and he's said that Hollywood has sold its soul to China. We'll get to that in one second. First, I got to thank our friends over at Eero. You know, uh, especially when you're on the internet all the time these days, and maybe when you're working from home or doing school from home, you've got that great, strong internet everywhere in your house, except, you know, one of those places. Sometimes you got these dead spots. You've got that one, no, I hate when I, when my internet goes out. It happens a lot or it did until Eero, an Amazon company covers your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi inside and out. And this is very important because I know a sweet little Elisa, before, before Eero came on, she was complaining about this kind of thing. Well, we can't get the internet over here. We can't get the internet. Eero makes every square foot of your house usable by eliminating poor coverage and dead spots. You'll have a consistently strong signal wherever you need it. Eero is fast, easy to set up. Just plug it into your modem and boom, you are good to go. You manage Eero from a very simple app. You can pause for dinner, get alerts if any device attempts to join your network. It's phenomenal. Uh, it gives you just total control over your uh, Wi-Fi. You need Wi-Fi right now. You need reliable Wi-Fi in your home now more than ever. Be sure to go get it. We're, we're asking a lot of our, of our Wi-Fi. Eero can help yours do more. Go to Eero.com slash Knowles. Enter code Knowles at checkout. Get free next day shipping with your order. Eero.com slash Knowles. Code Knowles at checkout to get your Eero delivered with free next day shipping. Eero.com slash Knowles. Code Knowles. Even Judd Apatow, Hollywood left winger, comes out and he says, something's gone really wrong here. 
even we Hollywood left-wingers have to in some way uh, censor ourselves because this liberal establishment has sold itself out to China. For me, I think what I, what I perceive as more chilling is a corporate type of censorship that people don't really notice, which is a lot of these giant corporate entities have business with you know, countries around the world, Saudi Arabia or China, and they're just not going to criticize them. And they're not going to let their shows criticize them, or they're not going to air documentaries that go deep into truthful areas because they just make so much money. So while we're all going, you know, can we say this joke or not say that joke? Uh, on a much bigger level, they have just completely shut down critical content about human rights abuses in China. And, and I think that's much scarier. He makes a great point. That's obviously happening. I mean, specifically with regard to China, you can point to the movies, you can point to the scenes. This, this uh, new version of Top Gun explicitly is taking the flags of China's enemies off of it and, and just trying to appease them. But it's happened in a lot of movies as well. So you got this problem at the, what you would call the corporate level, right? It's not just the political level, it's the, at the corporate level. And it's not even just that kind of cynicism. It's at the the ideological level too. There was this piece I mentioned it, I think yesterday on the show from Vox.com that it says how Beethoven's fifth symphony put the classes, the classism in classical music. Beethoven's most famous work changed the way we listen and how we're supposed to listen. And it's a long a meandering read about how for people in some groups, women, LGBTQ plus people, people of color, Beethoven symphony may be predominantly a reminder of classical music's history of exclusion and elitism. Blah. They're now trying to cancel Beethoven's most famous, famous work. You know, it's the one that goes, dun, 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 dun. they're trying to cancel that because because why? Because of classism? No, because they want to cancel culture. We hear about cancel culture. Well, what is cancel culture about? It's about canceling culture. And, and that is deeply unpopular. I mean, that's a, that is a, just one example and one symbol of, of what the left is doing. They are trying to destroy every single thing we cherish in this civilization because their view is that the civilization is rotten to the core and we need to deconstruct it or dismantle it or destroy it or the whatever term that they use of the day, and they want to replace it with something else, either their own unfettered imagination or instrumentally some aspect of some other culture that we don't particularly cherish because it's not from our civilization. And, and it, uh, it, it's a, seen as in opposition to the things we hold dear. At all of these levels, that is not a recipe for popularity. And so the only way that the left can win people over to their side is by taking them, by stealing these things, by cooking the books. And so what they're trying to do with this election. We've got to get to the mailbag first, though. I do want to, uh, to mention that there is a news story came out uh, a couple of days ago, right when I was about to go on the air to cover President Trump's town hall, which is that the Daily Wire is moving to Nashville. Can't you just see me as a Southerner? Howdy, yeehaw. <laughs> I love Nashville. When I moved from New York to LA, the only town that I spent an extra night in was Nashville. It's a great town. So we're very excited. I like LA too, but, but LA has become basically unlivable. They're, they're killing companies here. They're putting outrageous onerous restrictions on everything. Often they won't even let you go to the park or to the beach because of their tyrannical flexes of power. Uh, the town has now been overrun 
by crime and homelessness. The mayor here, absolutely failed mayor Eric Garcetti, passed a zillion dollar bond, I think it was over a billion dollar bond, to fight homelessness. And what happened? Homelessness spiked in LA County, 12% in one year. In the city, 16% in one year. They've taken over huge parks, some of the nicest neighborhoods, many, many city blocks. You just can't do it. And now the state government wants to come in and steal everybody's money and stop us all from doing business. So you got to leave. At a certain point, you can't take it anymore. Uh, I do want to point out, though, that while Tennessee is a great red state, the governor very kindly welcomed us. Uh, some members of Congress in Tennessee welcomed us coming there. A lot of wonderful people in Nashville have welcomed us. There is uh, one author from, I guess, the left-wing paper in Nashville, Stephen Hale from the Nashville scene. He, uh, see, I guess I'll censor this with my own, with my thumb here. Uh, a-hole moving to town. Ben Shapiro announced he and the Daily Wire are coming to Nashville. Thanks. We hate it. And then, you know, he calls us all sorts of names and everything. All I can say to that uh, as we get ready to make this move is see you soon, neighbor. Can't wait. Uh, can't wait to, <laughs> to see you there in Nashville. Uh, we're going to have a great time. Lots and lots of changes. Don't forget, as we look at all this madness around us, people can despair. They say, oh my gosh, they're taking away all of our rights. They're taking away our ability to go to church. They're taking away all these wonderful things that we hold dear, our education, our statues, our traditions. Sure. True. I don't mean to underplay that at all, but chaos can breed opportunity if you know how to play it. And that's how conservatives should be looking to do these things because, you know, the the world is uh, all going to go up in flames eventually, but but what can we do in the meantime to uh, try to make it work, try to make it just a little bit better? How can you make your sleep a little bit better? Well, you can get my pillow. That's how. That is how, and that's how you do a segue. Mike Lindell, you know Mike Lindell. He's one of the most famous conservatives in America. He is the inventor of my pillow. Mike's latest deal is on his Giza Dream sheets, which are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are extremely soft and breathable. They're extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream sheet are. Uh, two for one. So you'll get two for one, incredibly low price plus free shipping with promo code dailywire. And this is actually a funny story with two for one because I've been a huge fan of Mike Lindell for a long time. And then my pillow decides they're going to come on the show. So I say, okay, that's great. They say, we're going to send you a pillow. I said, oh, go, go. I look forward to that. You know, I'd heard my pillow's the best pillow out there. So I, I, I but I, we only got one pillow. So they give us one pillow. I try it out. This is the best pillow I've ever used by, by far. It's not even close. Uh, trouble is now sweet little Lisa wants to use the MyPillow. So now I'm just going to have to go online and buy another MyPillow and I'll gladly do it. I don't even care that I'm not getting two for one. I'll do one for one. It's that good. And all MyPillow products come with a 60 day money back guarantee. Uh, really tremendous stuff. They also have mattress toppers. They got all, all sorts of great stuff. All MyPillow products have that 60 day money back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listeners square to check out the two for one low price on the Giza Dreams sheets plus free shipping. There are also deep discounts on all the other MyPillow products too. Enter promo code DAILYWIRE or call 800-651-1148 for those great radio specials. All right, we are getting in to the mailbag. Uh, don't forget, by, on September 28th, we're going to start broadcasting this show on the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel rather than the Daily Wire channel. So make sure you subscribe to the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. Uh, and we will get into the mailbag. Stick around. We'll be right back. First question from Carter. Michael, over the weekend, I watched The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2 for the first time. 
I thought they were terrific and I wanted to say that you were amazing as Michael Corleone. You haven't aged a bit. In your opinion, should I watch The Godfather Part 3? I've heard it is not as good, but wanted your opinion. Thanks. You want to know something? I've seen The Godfather Part 1, I don't know, 50 times. I've seen The Godfather Part 2, I don't know, 50 times. I've never seen Part 3. I haven't wanted to do it. You've got two of the greatest movies ever made. And then part three, they, they say it's not great. So I haven't seen it yet. And I, I don't intend to. If you see it, let me know. But I don't, I'm, I'm so deeply in love with the Godfather films that I don't want something to be less than wonderful. So I'm going to reverse this. You tell me if I should watch it and then maybe I will. Because just, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. From Anonymous, dear Michael, in my early 20s and for the past couple of years, I've been occasionally but intensely drawn to Christianity, right? I've been slowly reading the Gospels and find that many of the ways I see the world are just clicking into place. However, I'm fiercely proud of my Jewish identity, the state of Israel, and uh, love celebrating the major Jewish holidays. Not to mention there is not one non-Jew in my entire immediate or extended family, so I feel incredibly conflicted about potentially betraying them if I ever decided to leave. What do I do? Thank you. Well, I can name some other prominent Jews in the history of Christianity, if you like. Namely, uh, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, uh, Peter, uh, Paul, uh, I guess all of the apostles, uh, and so so many, so many of the early Christians, and later Christians too, wonderful uh, recent saints, Jewish. I understand this is a real problem because you feel as though if you, if you, leave a religious group, especially a religious group that also happens to be an ethnic group, that you're somehow betraying people. But you're not. The, the, the ultimate responsibility you have is to God. Okay? And so one would hope that your family will come around and understand and realize that you, you have to be responsible to your God. But even if they don't, too bad. You know, your uh, Christ says this. He says, you know, if you do not hate your brother and sister and and uh, father and mother, you can't follow me. Now he also says, love your neighbor as yourself, and he uh, obviously is love it, it himself. Uh, but what does he mean by that? What he means is, if you are prioritizing something of this world, even something as as wonderful and uh, loyal and deep and profound and important as family, over God then you're doing it wrong. And this is obviously perfectly in line with what what you would read in the Old Testament as well. You can't prioritize anything over God. So I would welcome you to the body of Christ. It's a wonderful thing. I'm I'm, I'm not trivializing it. I understand that it is difficult. I would recommend reading Andrew Clavin, another Jew who is a Christian, ethnic Jew, former, you know, he was raised Jewish, uh, and who is also a Christian. I would read his memoir, The Great Good Thing. It's a, it's a good way to navigate that. And there's so many others as well. But I welcome you and uh, wish you uh, all the best and look forward to seeing you in heaven someday, hopefully. Knock on wood. <laughs> From Joshua. Michael, why do progressives think everything is a fundamental human right? Healthcare voting and now clean air and water. Isn't it more accurate to say everything they want should be a right? You mean like a civil right or something, you know, or, or like a, just a, a law that you pass. The reason they say this, that everything is a human right, coffee is a human right now, is because they don't really mean the same thing by right that we mean by right, because they don't really believe in rights at all. Right, where, would, where would a right come from? Well, uh, it would come from 
I guess the natural law, and the natural law implies a natural lawmaker, ties back into the religious question we had earlier. And they don't believe in any of that stuff. They don't believe in this eternal stuff. They don't believe that, that nature is even set by fixed laws. That human nature is. They believe that human nature is on a continuum. They think that Newton was replaced by Darwin. They, and they, and even, even those phrases are rife for abuse because they, they don't really understand even what that means. But the gist of it is they think that everything is always sort, sort of changing. And so when we talk about human rights, we're just talking about the things that we really want. We really want. Uh, it, it would be nice to have healthcare. So it's a human right. Modern medical technology is a human right. So that means that, that p- virtually everyone who ever lived before us without modern medical technology was deprived of their human right. And we will be considered to have been deprived of our human right when medical technology advances. So then what does that right even mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's just an expression of their will. And uh, that's really what you're seeing with uh, most liberal arguments is it's not even an argument from reason or from eternal law. It's an argument from the will. And that's no argument at all. It's just saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. From Thomas. Hey, Michael. With all the identity politics going around these days and the left's fascination with men being able to identify as and be treated as women, when do you think it will become a common leftist ideology for people to identify as and be treated by the left as another race? I ask because despite being a straight white male, I would certainly love to convince leftists that I'm actually a lesbian black woman and get them to pay me reparations. Since, of course, it was Democrats who kept slavery and racial bigotry alive. Love to hear your thoughts. Well, you're already seeing this a little bit with the Rachel Dolezals and there was that professor recently because there are certain legal advantages associated associated with race. Now they say, they, they pretend that there are legal advantages associated with being white, but there aren't, right? It, the, the only legal racism or racial discrimination we have in the country is affirmative action. It gives you a privilege, an advantage if you are black or Hispanic, for example, and it gives you a disadvantage if you are white or Asian. And so no surprise that there are white people, a number of them now, very prominently, who have pretended to be black so that they can get certain legal and social advantages. Uh, this, I don't think, will, will be accepted at a broad level, however, because the, uh, the, the left does not care about any of these issues per se. They don't care about one race over another because of that race or because, as we were just saying, because of some eternal principle. They're doing it instrumentally to gain power. And, and you don't need to take my word for it. I mean, the, the theorists uh, the, and the political philosophers who uh, plotted out this kind of regime, especially in the 20th century, said this explicitly. They said what we need to do, I mean, and, and the organizers who did it too, Saul Alinsky was very prominent in this. You got to divvy up the electorate in this way, create new identity groups, give them some special privileges, buy them off, and then they will vote for you and you will get more power. I mean, th- this was... Uh, explicitly the argument for creating lots of new racial identity groups that previously had not existed. And and people were even slow sometimes to identify with those groups until the the left decided to start offering them money and privileges for it. So I I don't think that's going to be mainstreamed because the the very point of it is to keep the people that they want to keep out of it out and the people that they want to bribe, bribed from Gabriel. Hey, Michael, I was talking with a friend today about our country, and one of the things he said was that he believed that our country was mostly being run by white supremacists. What is your take on this, and how would you refute it? Thank you for all that you do and love your show. I think that's probably why the why I couldn't even read that question is because I've already refuted it. That was the premise of the last one. There are legal advantages uh, based on race in this country, but it's not based on white supremacy. 
from Patrick. Dear fiery but mostly peaceful Knowles, many on the right believe that the 1960s were the turning point in the decay of our society due to the sexual revolution, increased secularization, second wave feminism, fading of American exceptionalism, etc. How can you convince someone on the left that this has led to a lot of the chaos we're living through when they think most of those things are net benefits to society and Trump is the source of all of the chaos? I appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, I I suppose you just have to go further back than the 60s. I agree with you that the 60s were a turning point. Uh, But what, what some of those people I think fail to do is connect the premises of the 1960s and their rosy, rose-colored glass version of the 1960s with the mayhem we're seeing now. You know, the, uh, the sort of the idealism of the 1960s compared to the decay of the 1970s even. You saw, you know, I guess to use a good example from the 1960s, you take a bunch of drugs and you get really high and you feel euphoric for a period of time. And then you have a hangover, or you have withdrawal, or you have addiction, or you have misery. All of that is is because of the drugs. But if you only remember the euphoria, then you're still going to be pro-drug, even though you see what happened afterwards. Same thing with this free love. Free love is pretty good for a short period of time. At least it feels pretty good. But then you have disease, then you have heartbreak, then you have sexual assault, then you have uh, unwanted pregnancy that that can uh, lead to children being abused, then you have all of these kinds of uh, awful social consequences. But if all you remember is the heat of the moment, then you say, oh, that was pretty good. So you you have to to show that connection. Obviously, Trump couldn't have started the decay. The decay uh, and the chaos has been going on long before Donald Trump. But you, what you have to do is show the connection between cause and effect. And you, you have to show people that there's no such thing as a free lunch or free love or a free high without any consequences. From Andrew. Hey, Michael, I never voted before and I want to. I'm just confused as to why I should. Hillary claimed that she won the popular vote by 3 million votes, which seems to me that that means the popular vote doesn't do anything because she lost. That's true. The popular vote has nothing to do with the election. Could you explain to me why we have a popular vote or what I'm missing as to why I should vote? Well, sure. Uh, You should vote because because if you're listening to this show, you probably have a fairly decent political point of view, and we want that view to be expressed at the ballot box. But yeah, the president has never been selected by popular vote. That is a myth that the Democrats try to drag out every time they, they lose the election, but they win the popular vote. Then they, then they try to change the rules. But the, the rules, even that come down to why we would campaign in certain states, are based on trying to win the election the way the Constitution set up, not based on the popular vote or whatever. By the way, if the election were about winning the popular vote, I bet Donald Trump would have won the popular vote because he would have gone to the places with big populations instead of focusing on the places where the electoral vote matters. So you should vote uh, for that. One, because if the Democrats do win the popular vote, you want to be able to mitigate their bragging about how they won the popular vote. Uh, But you you should vote because we have a self-governing republic and that's the way the system works right now. And we want the good guys to vote more than the less good guys to vote. All right take one more question from Dave. Hey, Michael, when the infamous NBC tape came out, Trump was quoted as saying that when you're a star, women will let you do anything, including grabbing them in their private parts. How has no one made the connection that this is exactly what Joe Biden is accused of doing, actually doing with Tara Reid? Trump didn't say he actually did that, although no one would be surprised if he did. But Joe Biden is actually accused of this very act. 
actually, no. <laughs> actually, it's a little bit different than that. Because what Trump is saying is when you're a star, they let you do it, right? And so when people say that he's, he was, he's bragging about sexual assault, by definition, he's not, right? Really what he's doing is just telling a locker room joke to Billy Bush. But in his very language, by definition, he's saying they let you do it. So it's not an assault. What Joe Biden is accused of actually doing, she did not let him do. And Joe Biden was not a star, by the way. He was a politician in D.C., Okay, so it doesn't even qualify on the premise of what Trump is saying. But the key here is, is the consent, right? Trump's, the premise of Trump's joke is that there is consent. The premise of what Joe Biden is actually being accused of doing is no consent. I'm just going to do it. But why are they not focusing on this, this blatant hypocrisy? Because they don't have to. Because they don't have to. Because nobody's going to hold them to account to do that. And because of projection. Projection where the Democrats accuse their opponents of doing the very things that they do. Democrats accuse Republicans of being soft on Russia. Democrats have just spent a hundred years being soft on Russia in this country, but all of a sudden they flip it. Uh, they're not going to be held to account. That's why we're in a less uh, deliberative time. That's why we've got to be a little bit clever and take all of this chaos and try to breed some opportunity. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you on Monday. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.